Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Get inside the world record. It won't be by a minute, but it will be an appreciable chunk. He has done it again. This is superhuman. This is road running from a different planet here in Berlin in 2022. Elliot Kipchoge smiles for the last time. Let's keep an eye on the clock just outside 2.01. Elliot Kipchoge is a history maker in Berlin. Yet again, he has done it. The world record is gone. And now he can celebrate. And that is simply stunning. In case you missed it, Elliot Kipchoge beat his own world marathon record by 30 seconds, running two hours, one minute, 10 seconds in Berlin this Sunday. At the halfway point, Sonia, he was on track to go under two hours, but he slowed down a little bit because he took a breather. 37 years old, you're going to need a bit of a rest, but uh, he bested his own world record at the Berlin uh, that he set in Berlin in 2018. Can you put this in context, Sonia, as to what exactly this man has done here? Well, that's it's amazing, you know, to be able to maintain such a high level of performance over, you know, that period of time. I mean, that's just a small fraction of his career. Mm. Um, Elliot Kipchoge, he started off as a track runner. And um, I mean, without checking, I'm pretty sure he's like sub 15, sub 13 minutes for five kilometers. Um I think he might even be a world champion or he definitely has a medal at the world championships. Yeah. Over 5, he meters. did win worlds once. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so he has like track pedigree moving to the roads and like he's, he's been running the marathon now for a long time. Like he, when he first ran Berlin, he didn't win, but he still ran pretty fast and one of the times when he ran the Berlin Marathon, and I'm not sure if he broke the world record that time, um, he was wearing these new Nike shoes and they were just like flats, like streaks. So really like mm. slippers. And they were made specially for him. But while he was running, the insole started to come out of both shoes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Still- this famous footage of the insoles yeah. flapping at the back. Yeah. Yeah. I think he still ran about 204. I mean, you know, it was phenomenal, you know, that he, he was running along, didn't everybody who was watching on TV was kind of freaking out and he didn't even know. He just kept running. <laughs> and, so you know, nothing seems to bother him at all. And, you know, he's been through, you know, running in regular shoes to now running in the super shoes um, to running under two hours in the 159 breaking two that was set up for him hmm. in Vienna a few years ago. You know, to have him maintain the motivation and the energy to continue doing this. I think he's 37 years old now, so he's pushing on, but it's not like he came to running late. Like he's been running for, he's been coming up to 20 years now of running. Yes, that is nuts. Like there's a few things that are completely nuts. One, you're right. The longevity, right? Who apart from LeBron James can say that they were at the peak of the sport LeBron James, maybe AP McCoy at that absolute top end of it for that length of time. You know yourself that that's wearing 
not only physically, but just emotionally and psychologically, right? I think the new shoes, what they've done is given athletes a new lease of life and a new level of, it's kind of restarted some of their careers, given them a boost. And particularly someone like Elliot Kipchoge, when typically he might have been kind of reaching the peak of his career, all of a sudden he got this new energy boost that allowed him to run even faster. So you can imagine when you think you're getting towards the end of your career and all of a sudden you get this new energy that's going to help you to run even faster. It just boosts your motivation so much. And, Mm. you know, psychologically that's huge for people to think Mm. all of a sudden they have a new toy to work with and (laughs) a new addition, new new tools in the toolbox to play with. I mean, um, that is, there and to, so, so you attribute it, a lot of it to the shoes in the sense that normally somebody at that age would be, you know, waning. But you think that the shoes really gave him that bounce? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, there's so many athletes who've received a boost from this over the years that, you know, if you were at that point in your career where it was kind of, okay, well, where do I go now? And all of a sudden you were able to run faster than you have been to that point at a time when traditionally or typically you would have been slowing down. It's like restarting again. Mm. And what can I do now? Well, again, and just, another it's not, And it's yeah. not just in the races, but in the training as well. Just being yeah. able to train at such a high level for so many more years. And you even raised it last week about your physio saying to you that apparently the super shoes are good, like good for... Uh, recovery in that sense so there's there's that side of it but again the nuts the nuts aspect of this achievement i was just looking at and doing the maths so in order to run the time that he ran in berlin just to put it in context if you were listening to this and you're just a park runner he had to run each 5k in 1425 (laughs) i have to laugh when you say it out loud because we did of course do our uh, impromptu meetup of the Irishman running abroad uh, Dublin branch of our club on Strava. You're very welcome to join. Sonia showed up at Poolbeg at Sean Moore Park and everybody put in a shift. And of course, the crack of the park run, Sonia, the spirit of the park run is just running with people and enjoying it. And there were people yeah. there really proud of themselves running 22 minutes and going, Jesus, that's a PB for me. He's running it in 1425. I'm it's 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 is superhuman gets thrown around of it but that is bananas to do that eight times in a row oh it is it's amazing to be able to you know back that up and he would have had to run a fair bit of that race by himself as well you know there's Mm. time comes and you know he's gone so far he's had company for so far now i didn't watch the race because I myself was out riding a bike around the Wicklow Hills and I know equally as important. Oh yes. Well, you know, it's important. Everybody has their own fitness goals and you know, it is too much fiddling around trying to work out how to watch a race when it's not, you can't just turn the TV on. It's not right there. So I will, I will look back and watch pieces of it for sure. And look at all the different splits and everything. Um, But you know, I was following it from the start and then when I did stop and take a picture of myself up above the Guinness Lake, down looking over Lugula, um, just past the Sally Gaff, I, I had a quick check to see how um, Elliot was going. He and, on. and he was after finishing in world record time at that point. So 
Yeah, I thought, well, he's done the job. Everybody always talks about legacy and, you know, his place in history and your place in history. I mean, you appeared on the Late Late Show, kind of a surprise to everyone, including yourself. And, you know, people were talking to you about one of your records being broken. I, I, I always like to say that to people when they go, oh, Sonia's record got broken. I go, one of her records got broken. But people do <laughs> love talking about legacy, place in history. But surely what Kipchoge has done this weekend, it, it does, does it elevate him or it, is there anywhere else that he can go in terms of the all-time list? Yeah, well, I think he now owns like five, at least five of the top, uh, five of the top 10 times in history. So he's got like half of the fastest times in the top 10 wow. of all time. So, I mean, he could keep going now and say, well, maybe I'll try and get 10 out of 10. <laughs> you know, he's, he's looking to do things that, you know, in, there will be impossible records to break. Like nobody will ever be able to do this again. Mm. Um, and that's what, you know, some of the greatest athletes do is they do things that, even though somebody will eventually come along and break his world record, they won't be able to do it in the fashion and style that he's done it and the amount of times that he's done it. Yeah. Um, like that's the thing is when you break a l record, your name goes on the list and then the next person's name goes on the list, but his name is on there in a row, one after another. Mm -hmm. um, but it's unlikely that somebody else is going to come along and do that because, you know, the, sometimes the records, they get just pushed so hard that it's going to take time now between records being broken. And it's wow. similar, you know, with the Irish records, like yeah. my name is on the record. Kira's name is now on the record, but my name is always going to be on there. It's always going to be on the record. Um, but there was a time when I had all, you know, I suppose a few records in a row as well. I can't remember how many times I broke that record, but mm. a few in a row. And now it'll be interesting to see if, Kira will break a few in a row, mind you. She took a big chunk off, so it's going to be harder now. Yeah, um, to, to get it took nearly that. a generation for someone to come along to break your record. That needs to be pointed out as well, and especially when you say that about Kipchoge and, well, how long will it take for another similar athlete to arrive? I think it's always funny the way we're so keen to go, oh, this person's next. And I always remember that with Michael Jordan, that everybody was, oh, this guy's the next Jordan, but there really won't be another Sanya and there won't be another Kipchoge. There'll just be a completely different character, I suppose, from a different set of circumstances. Uh, if it didn't inspire you, if you haven't watched the video of Elliot Kipchoge in Berlin this weekend, I mean, you should. And if it hasn't inspired you, I, I think you should go to a doctor. <laughs> we have a remarkable number of members running the Dublin City Marathon this year uh, on October 30th. Sonia and I wanted to give a little shout out to each one of them. And then on this week's episode, talk about the do's and don'ts of the final four weeks leading up to whatever big race you have coming. If it's a marathon specifically, you're going to love this episode because there's so many pitfalls, isn't there, Sonia? There's so many things that in that last four weeks, you can get a rush of blood to the head and get it all wrong. Yeah, well, I think this is definitely the danger zone because people have put in so much work to get to this point that mm. all of a sudden they're looking for, and they're going to be starting to taper soon now as well. So there'll be more time on the hands to be looking up and reading about things and talking to people and just wondering, you know, what, what more can I do? What things can I do to have a better performance? But the most important thing is 
the work that you've done and to use that and to stand on the start line knowing, start line knowing the amount of work that you've done and believing that that's going to allow you to run to the level that you plan to run. So mm. that's key is to kind of be, have confidence in the work that you've done and to use that as your kind of motivation, your, that's the, the backup that you need to be in your head when you go to start line and know I've done this work. So, you know, I've just got to relax here and not, not worry about it. You know, if you've yeah, done the trust. work, then you have to trust in the work that you've done and believe that, you know, that's going to allow you to run the best that you can, but you know, mm. you can't expect to run more or better. I mean, that may come, but you can't go out there chasing it. You've got to go and set out at the target pace you set for yourself and not do anything crazy and relax because especially for first timers, you know, it can be very exciting. The adrenaline, the energy at the start line is huge. So, you know, most people will start off too fast. So, but the important thing is to contain that and then to realize it early as early as you can and to pull back a little bit, to pull in the reins and to slow yourself down to get to the pace that you know you can maintain for 42 kilometers. Well, my papers just came through for the London City Marathon in April. <laughs> I'm kind of shaking my head, but also taking massive interest in looking at the work, as you say, the work that really is the place from which the trust and faith uh, to calm your nerves on the day can come from. All of our listeners that are taking part, putting in immense runs this weekend. Shane Gargan is doing his very first one. He'll be tuned in today, taking that advice that you've just given on board. Kira Cullen, John Campbell, Shane Fitzgerald, Bernard Keneally. Uh, really looking forward to it, he says. Susan Morrissey, uh, marathon number 97 for Susan oh, Morrissey. <laughs> it looks bananas. like she's... It looks it looks like she's heading for 100 sometime soon. Yeah. That's really impressive. Absolutely extraordinary. Laura Langan-Hobbins, who, of course, we all remember from the Half Marathon Challenge. She's on her maiden voyage. Good luck to Laura. Elaine de Corsi, of course, who we also know from various different Irishman running abroad events. It's her second one. Is there anyone there that jumps out to you, Sonia? Um, I think you skipped over John McDermott there. He's just stuck oh, his John. fingers up. In Kilkenny, um, yes. Yeah, number two for Elaine de Corsi. She's very excited. And that's the thing is, it's really exciting to be looking forward to this. And I think particularly Dublin this year, because it hasn't been on for three years now, the energy mm. and the buzz up there is going to be amazing. Uh, Cahill Brennan, first one. Uh, it's getting real. <laughs> Michael <laughs> yeah. Kelly, another first timer. So we've got quite a few first timers. So these are the ones that we have to look out for. And try mm. and, you know, keep if you, you've got to be as calm as you can mm. um, leading into it and not not look around too much. Just focus on, you know, what you're going to do yourself and don't be worried about what other people are doing, because no doubt you will see what people are doing on Strava. You will hear what people are doing if you're out running with them. Um, but you really just have to focus on on your preparations and just believe in them. You know, yeah, everything look at your and, own and exam paper. Don't be looking you know, at your neighbor. <laughs> be happy with the hey. shoes that you're wearing. Be happy with the food that you're eating. And, you know, just think about what, what drinks and gels that you might be going to have along the way that you've practiced with and you've used them mm. in training. So you're, you know that they work and they don't bother you. 
Jim Let's Eustace, Neve yep. Power, f- five year gap, she says, and a few broken bones later. So that that's one that we can mention here, Sonia, because there's so many people that are, you know, coming back from injury or navigating an injury in the final four weeks. That must be nerve wracking to know that uh, I know Paula Bradshaw mentioned a kind of a strained calf that she's nursing must be extremely hard to nurse it and stick to the plan along that final four weeks. Yeah, it's very difficult for people who have put in so much training and then they get a a last minute niggle trying to manage it. Um, You know, sometimes you can overcome it. And sometimes when you've done so much work, it's not that bad to have a bit of time off. You know, it's like it's not ideal but you can definitely get away with it if you've done the work already and if you can, you know, have the confidence to take the time off and to to heal the injury and not push to get back into the race again. But then there'll also, of course, be some difficult decisions for people as well not to run because there's bound to be some people who will mm. experience injuries, illness, something that will stop them from going. And, you know, they're the ones who will find it toughest to, you know, to just even tune into the marathon because they'll want to be there. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about that before in the injury episodes that we've done, which some people just avoid like the plague because talking about it nearly makes you feel like it's coming. But that decision is really brave as well, isn't it? Because the the last thing you want to do is do this and then be in a position not to run afterwards. You're trying to put yourself, I guess, on you in a position of uh, running it at a pace and in a way that, you know, takes into mind, you know, the rest of your running life and not putting too much weight on this thing, even though you put so much work into it. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's so many marathons out there that just because you've signed up for one, you've prepared for it and maybe you can't run it. It doesn't mean that you can't do another one sometime soon. You know, sometimes Mm. we do have to change our plans and, you know, reassess things and, and replan and look look at something else so you know you hope for as many people as possible that that's not the case but if it is then you know it's not the end of the world there will come a time when when you'll get to prepare again and and do another race and and you know the worst thing is to you know run it when you're not quite right because it's no fun to be out there you know it's a long day if things are not going well and you know, you, you just won't enjoy it as much. I don't mm. think so anyway. And and also then the, the recovery time after will be will be a lot tougher as well. Yeah. Abigail Colloran uh, is also doing it after a five year break. Jan O'Hernon. I, I always have trouble with the Jan's name. He showed up at Poolbag. Big shout out to Jan. He did the 5K on Saturday. We need to talk about that for a mo- brief moment. Sonia, so much fun to get out there for the Ireland Funds Um global 5k which is obviously kicking off all around the world it's such such a fun morning sonia you you, uh you rocked up and you must have felt the buzz as soon as we got there it was great yeah i mean it's amazing the park runs in ireland people they don't turn up till very close to the starting time (laughs) and because i think we had planned to come it was like going to the start of a race, you know, where you get there way ahead of time. So we were there before everybody started to turn up. But it was mm. great to see people turning up in the Irishman running abroad singlets. It was fabulous yes. to see that out there. 
um, to see some people turning up in the Ireland Funds t-shirt, the um, few people with sweatshirts on, with shamrocks on, um, you know, just to mark the occasion of, I can't, I don't know how many it is now, but it's a good few years that the Ireland Funds run has been on. It was virtual the last couple of years, um, but now we're back in reality again. And, um, you know, there was, there was a time we had, we had some great prizes one time for, we linked in with all the runs around the world and the fastest person of the 5k was winning aeroplane tickets from what? Delta Airlines to anywhere in the world that they flew to. It was super. So I think we need to get back up to those levels again to get yeah. more people involved and to, you know, get get the runs going all around the world and get them all connecting yeah, yeah. together as well. So we had a little baton that we were passing because it started in New Zealand and then I was in Melbourne. The baton was passed to us there. And then we passed it all around the world, a virtual baton, mm. before we knew how virtual things were going to become. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a great, I think it's a great um, charity. It's a great connection between Irish people all around the world, particularly Irish people who have traveled abroad, who've done really well for themselves. It's an opportunity for them, you know, wherever they're living in the world to get together and then to, to give back to charities that are in Ireland, but then also in countries where lots of Irish people are based and they have a connection with Ireland. Um, I think Ireland and its people are, you know, some of the greatest people for giving and supporting each mm. other. Yeah. And you only see that when you move away and you realize that it's not normal to give in the way that Irish people do and the, uh, you know, the amount that each person gives, like per capita, the amount that Irish people feel responsible to give. It just isn't, it isn't something you see everywhere. So I fully echo what you're saying there. I want to talk though a little bit, Sonia, about, you know, your own run in it. You were running with, you know, an injury uh, and, you know, put in a ridiculous shift, all things considered. <laughs> I don't know what your time was. It was little over 21 minutes with with an injury. Like, uh, I find I found it so funny that people were taking the win when, when they'd finish ahead of you. Uh, when you know in your heart, look, lads, I'm, I'm just trotting around here for the fun. Well, it actually it surprised me a lot because, um, you know, the running I've been doing recently has not been that much I think I might only have been running about a week <laughs> maybe two <laughs> weeks maybe I've maybe I've been going to the time goes by quickly when you're when you're having fun but a lot of the running I was doing was like stop start it was running for a few minutes and walking mm. for a minute um but it just shows you if you're very specific in what you're doing you can actually um you can you get some you get a lot of benefit from it. So I was really surprised. I actually ran a minute faster in Pool Beg than the last time I ran there. Now I don't know what I was doing back in 2018, <laughs> yeah. but a bit like Elliot Kipchoge, four years later, <laughs> I was actually running faster, running <laughs> faster with a sore foot. Uh, yeah, I want to give. But, I yeah, no, I mean the foot is you know it's an ongoing thing. So it's it's just one of those things. It's never going to go away. Right. Um, okay. So, I mean, it was it, for me, it was more the lack of running than anything else um, mm, that mm. would be holding me back there. And um, I was lucky enough, I set off, but there was a man down there and he was wearing a pacing shirt for 23 minutes. And I thought, well, that sounds okay because I've only been running about 25 minute pace. So I set off with him 
And then I could see a few Irishman abroad singlets around the place. So I thought, well, I suppose I better keep up here now and uh, maybe I'll finish in the top three of our club even. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 that's, know, what, and I, that's what happened. That, that's thought, the way it panned out. Yeah, with about a kilometre to go, I could see yourself looking behind and I don't know if you were waiting for me or you were uh, <laughs> hoping I'd catch up and pull you along a little bit but it's amazing I looked at the little video of us finishing and like I don't know how it must be instinctual that you you know when you see the finish line you can't you automatically pick up the pace a little bit and change your whole running form. Yeah, you know, like your whole cadence changed. I look yeah, like I'm absolutely. running in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that video is up there. If people want to see it, I'll put it in the episode notes because it is quite funny. Uh, I thought it'd be really good fun to uh, trot across the line together after two years of recording this podcast. And it should be pointed out, not missing a single week in two years. That's 104 episodes for you guys for free. Uh, with myself and Sonia not missed a week I thought it'd be fun for the two of us to finish together and of course she puts down the hammer for the last 100 meters and grows across the line in front of me but look it it was a privilege to be beaten by the best and uh, I was really happy that so many people showed up including Ronan Johns uh, Carl from the Poppin Tree Park Run Michael Kinnan was there with his partner I uh, uh, Rachel Calvey was there I'm trying to remember everybody that was there and I didn't make a note of them I'm really sorry if I didn't mention you there but we will in the future do a once a month meetup now that I'm back in Ireland a bit more so if you want us to come to your park run and make that the Irishman Abroad meetup run of the month, pop us an email. Irishman Abroad podcast at gmail.com is the way to contact the show. Uh, let's get back to these uh, members that are running the marathon. We've got uh, Aidan McDonald, Ken Laffin, Carl Bourne, Stephen Knowles, Deirdre Crawford, Derek Ahern, Ian Tiernan, fourth marathon, uh, and he's running for... The Special Olympics. Now, so many people here are raising money for different charities, Sonia. And I thought about this in terms of, you know, my own future in attempting this. And many people will be listening going, I wonder, could I do a marathon? Is half the reason for getting a charity involved that the psychological side of this thing that you nearly need a higher purpose for running it because it's literally that hard. Yeah, well, I think definitely, you know, the people who run for charity, they're definitely finishing the race no matter what because they're really in it and they're committed. They're not just for themselves and their family and their friends and their club, but also the charities that they've committed to raising money for. And, you know, you think about that when you're out training, you think about it when you're running the race. I've I've done it myself. I've been there. I've done two marathons that I ran I ran for the Irish guide dogs and one was in Boston and one was in Dublin in 2015. And both times you definitely get to a point in the race and you're questioning what you're doing and you think about, you know, that kind of other reason why you're doing it and how much that means to so many people. And so you just, mm. you have that little bit of an more. extra thing, you know, to, to keep you going, to push you along and just to distract you when things are getting a bit tough, you can be distracted by, you know, the reason you're doing it. And oftentimes it's to help other people who can't do what you're doing. And, you know, you're able to do something. So you use that ability to help other people. 
Well, after the break over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad, I'm going to ask Sonia about just that, the dip, the wall that people talk about, uh, how to navigate it and whether it's actually a thing anymore. Now that everybody's, you know, jammed full to the gills with gels and uh, flappy water bottles that'll fit in their fit belt, it, it doesn't seem to be as big of a problem. But then I have a pretty close encounter with it in Larn earlier this year. We're going to talk about that. And again, the four weeks leading up and the three mistakes that Sonia sees people make mo- most often in that final four weeks. Come on over and each week you will get an extended version of my conversation with Sonia, extended version of my conversations with Marion McKeown on Friday talking about US politics and of course the back catalogue of Irishman Abroad episodes going all the way back to 2013 with people like Dylan Moore and Sharon Horgan, the aforementioned AP McCoy, Dennis Taylor, uh, Gabriel Byrne, Danny O'Reilly, Terry Wogan, Dermot O'Leary, Marion Keys, you name them, whoever they are. If they've left Ireland and made it big, they've been on the Irishman Abroad. It's all available for five a month over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. 